When you think about yourself or about other people in relationship to God, you probably tend to think in two categories. There are the saved and the not saved, the elect and the damned, the believers and the unbelievers, the sheep and the goats. But really the Bible often speaks more in three categories than in these two. When it comes to those in the church, there's actually a subdivision. There are the true believers in the church, the true believers in Christ. And then, of course, outside the church, there are the unbelievers or the wicked. But within the church, there are also the hypocrites. There are the Pharisees. And largely, when the Bible talks, it, of course, does talk about the wicked and unbelievers. But when Jesus and Paul talk to the church, when they write scripture, they're writing to people who will hear it. And so they often talk about more than the wicked or unbelievers outside the church, often talk about the true believers and the hypocrites, the true believers and the Pharisees. That's what Paul is talking about when he's talking about those in the church today. And he says there are the Gentiles who have attained the gift and the righteousness by faith. And there are the Jews that pursued righteousness by that of a law, by that of works. But they have not attained true righteousness. And by and large, those categories, while they are ethnic categories that Paul is kind of using as foils there, because, of course, there are believing Jews and, of course, there are hypocritical Gentiles. It does make sense in the time because, by and large, those generalities were true. The Jewish people had become hypocritical. The Jewish people were who Jesus was talking to in Luke 19 when he said, My house was meant to be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den in robbers by making it into a marketplace to make money rather than a place of worship. The Jewish people at the time were the people who crucified their Lord, who rejected their Messiah and handed him over to the Romans to die. The reason for their hypocrisy or their hypocrisy is the reason why Jesus prophesied to them in Luke 19 and said that that place, that Jerusalem, that temple would be destroyed. And it was in 70 A.D. It's actually a tradition in the Lutheran Church, by the way. We're not doing this today because maybe it would be kind of boring. But it is a tradition that on Trinity 10, with this reading, that after the sermon, I would read Josephus' account of the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D. It is that significant of an event that that prophecy of Jesus came true, that those who were hypocrites received in themselves their punishment. And still today... Unfortunately, the modern Jewish religion rejects their Messiah. They are hypocritical. They claim 
to have the Old Testament at least as their own. But they reject its prophecies. But the Gentiles, the nations, who were largely pagan, they have received by the mission of the church the gift of faith. The Gentiles who Paul talks about are the Gentiles that he has reached out to personally. Those who have been influenced by the mission of Christ to go to all nations, to all Gentiles, literally, to all ethnicities, and to preach to them the gospel. To teach them all that Jesus has commanded them, to baptize them into this faith. And the beautiful thing is, it happened. And one thing to note about how you are like these Gentiles today is that you are direct descendants of that mission. Paul and the others began the Gentile mission in 33 AD when Jesus told them, go, baptize, teach. And they went and they baptized and they taught. And by the 300s, there were Christian missionaries in early Germany. And by the 700s, Germany was majoritively Christian. And in the early 1500s, you know the story, as the medieval Roman Catholic Church had become corrupt, Luther and the other reformers came back to that pure gospel, righteousness by faith alone, through grace alone, and reformed that church. And then in the 1800s, a group of persecuted Lutherans came to America and eventually founded the LCMS. And eventually in the 1970s, one of those LCMS people planted beautiful Savior Lutheran Church. The Gentile mission to Olive Branch took a couple hundred years, but it happened. And that's just one strain. Maybe you came to Christianity through a different route. But you are descendants of this. And thanks be to God. Thanks be to God that that doctrine of righteousness by faith, not by works, by God's favor toward you alone, has been preserved for you in this place. The Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it. You have attained it. Thanks be to God. Praise the Lord that you are not descendants of Gentile pagans, of those who reject Christ. Thanks be to God that you are in these pews today, hearing the word of the Lord and receiving his gifts. That you're descendants and that you have been converted. Now, with that said, there is also a sense in which you are like not the Gentiles, even though most of you are literally Gentiles, technically, but that you are like the Jews that Paul warns about here as well. Or that you could be like that. For we can all fall into Pharisaism no matter what our ethnicity is. He says that Israel who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were 
based on works. I think the ancient Pharisees were, in some sense, the conservative Christians of their day. They were trying to preserve that which had been passed down to them. They didn't want things to change. When Jesus came, they did not want to change their ways. They liked to sit in the same pew week after week. They liked to have all the same committees in the church that they had always had. They liked to keep things the way that they were. They were trying to preserve something, and they were very religious overtly. They wanted to go to church on Sunday. They wanted to uphold the law. They wanted the morality to be the way that it was portrayed to them in the way that they understood the scriptures. And so in that way, it is even admirable in a sense, but of course very, very misguided. And we should watch out for the same. The problem is that they had developed this system in this law that they had made for themselves, not pursuing faith, as Paul says, but pursuing the law itself, which became the system that all they had to do was fulfill their laws, and then they didn't actually need Jesus. And we can be in danger of the same. Now, ours is not the same in this way. I think that in our more hedonistic society, that our Pharisaism is not one of trying to pursue ritual ceremonies or trying to pursue a very strict adherence to lots of little laws. But anything that does not, as Paul says, submit to God's righteousness, but seeks to establish our own righteousness is Pharisaism. And so I think our Pharisaism is a little bit more, let's say, licentious. That we have this type of licentiousness that we can live however we really want on the inside and also outwardly, in a sense, as long as we have fulfilled the right qualifications. In other words, our laws or our system of laws for Pharisaism have become much easier, I think, than actual Pharisaism was in the ancient world. I'll give you a couple different examples. The Pharisaism I've seen most often, in the LCMS at least, is that people assume as long as they're baptized and confirmed and maybe have their name on the rolls of an LCMS church somewhere, that they're probably going to get into heaven. They're probably good to go. And it seems to get maybe even worse and worse that we become more and more universalist as times go on. That maybe it's not just as long as they're baptized and confirmed, but as long as they're a family member and I'm confirmed, then they'll probably also get in. Or as long as they weren't a serial killer, then they'll probably get in. Most people just assume nowadays, it seems, with kind of the remnants of cultural Christianity that basically everyone goes to heaven. And that is, in this sense, a Pharisaism. That as long as I meet some bare qualifications, that I don't really need Jesus. And then you can think about also how that plays in with that to the licentiousness mentality. 
that sometimes even as members of the church, we don't seem to care about sins maybe as much as we should. Yeah, sure, porn is bad, but Christ covers sin, right? Won't he forgive me? I don't really need a devotional life, do I, as long as I make it to church at least once a month or so. It can become easy to start to justify our sin, to have a system of righteousness that does not include repentance if we start to lean too heavily on this system of qualifications. And finally, not to beat this idea to death, but the Phariseeism that can also exist in the church by creating our own righteousness is by becoming obsessed with maybe how things are done in the church. This is the other way I've seen it. That when people become concerned about what committee exists or how a certain part of worship is done or how a certain ministry operates, rather than trying to just pursue what the Bible has clearly for us, as Paul says, by faith, and not by works, that this can also become an attempt to produce righteousness on our own rather than to submit to God's righteousness. It's almost like we don't really believe that the righteousness he gives us can be so free, that his word can actually be so powerful to forgive and to work in us true righteousness. But I'm not going to leave you there. Yes, we can struggle with Pharisaism in the church. It's easy to do. That's why Jesus and Paul have to talk about it so much in their ministries. But look at what Paul says next about the Jews who he's describing as the Pharisees. He says, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. So maybe you've had times where you've acted like a Pharisee. I think we all have probably had those times. Looking for righteousness on our own, not submitting to God's. Paul says this is a kind of ignorance, that we do not know the freedom that we could have in the gospel. But the great thing about ignorance is this, is that you can learn, and you can be taught, and you can grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and you can embrace and love the freedom that he wants to give you. Paul says it this way, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. You do not need to be burdened to create for yourself qualifications to make it easier for you to get into heaven because all you have to do is very easy in one sense Believe on your Lord Jesus Christ. 
He has died for you. He has forgiven every single one of your sins that you have ever committed. And he freely wants to give that to you today. For now is the day of salvation. The Jews did not recognize when the day of their visitation would be, and for it they suffered. But God has come to you today, and he wants to give you, he loves to give you, he desires to give to you his blood, his body, his life, his righteousness, his comfort, and his peace. And so believe on him who was not hypocritical in any way, but did exactly what he said, and live in him. For you are free to do so. Trust in him, for he did it all for you. What have you to fear? What have you to do for yourself? He has done it all for you alone, and you can obtain that, you have attained that, as free Gentiles in him, by faith. To him be all the honor and the glory now and forever. Amen.